0: Welcome to the Rosedale Bible College Chapel Podcast. We hope you are challenged and inspired by today's message. Enjoy. It's good to be here. I heard, I heard somebody mention a break, so I need to know when it is. Oh, I am here on a bad day. Bad day, okay um, uh, and I assume there's still some tests or projects that aren't quite done yet. Are everybody done? No, okay, do I see any Nobody's on their device. Nobody's writing. okay, all right Hi. <laughs> they won't they won't they won't see you if you do it up here, and I won't tell so yeah. When Phil asked me if I, if, I would, uh, if I would speak today, he described the Pathways Initiative, or the idea of uh, that's talking about the idea of vocation. And my first thought is, well, you're not living, aside from being in this setting, in this enclave, you're not living in a culture that uh, nurtures the idea of vocation. Because vocation is our response to a call from God to be, live beyond ourselves. Uh, to use your gifts and your strength and your energy and your focus to make the world a better place or to be, to be partners in God's work. Life, vocation is the belief that life is about more than me, but the broader culture we live in tells us and is obsessed with the idea that life is about me or you. It tells us that we create our own identities, that we deserve things, that we're entitled to feel entitled. But as Christians, we are in the world, but not of the world. As, John, as Jesus prayed for his disciples in John 17, 14, I have given them your word, and the, and the world has hated them, because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in truth, then. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. We're not to be part of the world. Later in 1 John, it says, do not love not the world. But John 3 tells us that Jesus so loved, God so loved the world that he sent his only son. So how do we put this thing together? I think that, um, and then later, uh, Paul talks about our ministry as ambassadors for God. And I think that kind of gives us the, the, the basis for the idea of vocation. I use the term call and vocation interchangeably, and so you'll, you'll hear that. Um, vocation is often used to relate to the idea of a career, or your work, so my vocation is nursing, my vocation is uh, pastoring, or my vocation is to care for my children, uh, parent our children. I think we need to see vocation as something beyond what we get paid to do or what we spend most of our time doing. After all, you're here in a very privileged situation. How many people in the world get to have this time apart I know you've got the projects and the tests and the studies and you're stressed and it's, you're overwhelmed, but this is an, a huge, huge privilege in the world. You have a chance that um, not even most Americans, much less people around the world, to do that. And you, you can, you, you, in, the, in the future, you will, have, you will have the ability to afford choices like caring for your children full time, or choosing a job that you love and feel fulfilled in. Many people won't have that choice. But no matter whether we have choice or not we, about what we do and how we earn our living or, or, or how we spend most of our time, we do have a choice in how we approach vocation. And so it's the way we live. And that's what I'd like to, to talk about, as well as sort of how you decide when you do have choice how to go forward. At, at, i've I've been pondering vocation since since way before high school and now at age 67 I still wake up every day and say okay god am I in the right place am i in the right am I doing the right thing so believe me you're not going to decide before you leave here what your vocation is uh in terms of how you live that out it's it's a repeat call the the song the last song we talked about, uh, now, I'm not going to bring, it's new to me. I didn't, can't bring back the words. But what's the chorus? I su- submit, I give, I surrender. Who is this? Who was this thing? What are the words of that chorus? All I am is yours, and the, yeah. Believe me, it's every, every day for each one of us throughout all of life. Let me share a few aspects of call or, or vocation. Uh, and through my life, I'll share some aspects and give you some stories from, from my life. and and Because I learned from other people's stories. So I want to talk about a little bit, what is the call or vocation for all of us? How do we discern, discern, hear that word, how to work that out? And what do we need to be ready to do to walk that road? So my first call, my first vocation is to be a child of God, a follower of Jesus. Nothing else matters, nothing, if I don't hold that as my core identity. Julian of Norwich, um, you may have been studying, have studied about her, or read about her. She lived in the 1300s and had many visions and wrote about this. She was contemplating her place in the world and had, had this vision and she said, God showed me a little thing like the hazelnut Lying in the palm of my hand, I looked upon it, and I thought, what may this be? And I was answered, it is all that is made. I marveled at how this might last, for I thought, it might fall to nothingness for its littleness. And I was answered, it lasts, it lasts and ever shall last, because God loves it. And so all things have their beginnings by the love of God. And in this little thing, like me, I saw three properties. First is God made it. The second is God keep, keeps it. And the third is God loves it. The creator, the keeper, the lover. I resonate with those words. I am made, I am loved, I am kept. Doesn't matter. What else I do in my life if it, as long as I can find that identity, that core identity as, as a child of God? I was made by God, but I was made outside a family. And so I was sorrowfully released for adoption by a birth mother, joyfully received as a daughter in a family, Ohio Farm family. Thus, I was first loved by God and by a birth mother, and then by my parents. No matter what other human, humans come and go in my life, I am kept by God's grace, and this is my identity. If I don't start there, then my living out my vocation can become a bunch of shoulds. I should, I should, I should, as opposed to the song again went back to this is my response. This is my response out of being loved. Second call is to seek. God's kingdom first of all to seek God's kingdom and His righteousness. We're obviously situated uh, where we're at physically. We're on we're on planet Earth. Um, we happen to have been born or happen to have been brought to the nation state of the United States, as opposed to any under other hundreds of of, of uh, nation states around the world. So we're here, but our primary community is the kingdom of God, and so that's where we have to that. A call is to seek God's kingdom, not the kingdom of the place that we live in. And the third call is the call to be ambassadors for God. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, all this is from God who reconciles to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, Christ in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us for me in nursing i i translate that as as reconciliation from cell to cell when healing happens so all through biology microbiology all of that it's reconciliation in sociology it's it's people it's people to people it's family to family it's community to community in Uh, psychology it's it's my mind reconciliation in myself and on and on and on it's all it all can be reconciliation since the calling of Abraham and Sarah to form a community that to follow God and through their following bless all the families of the earth the challenge of then discerning how to do that means that any setting is real and we all continually struggle to get this right so with those three steps, a clear identity, primary community, and a purpose, we still have to figure out what we're going to do with our lives, right? How you discern, how to live, how to serve, what to study if you go beyond here, what to work, where to work. It's not always clear. It rarely is. I think only once in my life did I get that sort of lightning boom that I felt like that's, that's God's call. I was sitting in chapel at EMC, uh, way back in the back where the G's, we were in alphabetical order, things had changed. Um, where the G's were, Graber's, and and somebody was speaking about a call, being called to Central America, and because I cared about nursing and ca- health care, because I cared about uh, Spanish, if somehow I was drawn to Spanish, then I felt that call. Oh, that's me. But, it was tested and affirmed, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. I still think that, incident, that kind of incident's rare. It's usually more of a gradual knowing and testing and moving the next step and testing again. Frederick Butner writes, the place God calls you to is where your, the, the, your greatest joy meets the world's greatest hunger. And I truly believe that that can be the way it is. You... While you're here, you can learn about the needs of the world, the hunger of the world, but you're also learning about your own gifts, your own interests, what you're good at, what you're drawn to, and then you figure out how to put those together. How can this meet the need in the world? Discernment happens through others speaking into our lives. My youth sponsors, my teachers, name gifts of leadership and teaching in me, and because of that, I ended up back at EMU as a faculty member, Uh, even people who don't know us can speak to us. I was uh, I, I, it, when I was pursuing this call to Central America in college. I I'd never heard I never heard of Rosedale before I went to EMU. I grew up in Ohio, but I grew up in Ohio Conference of Mennonite Church, another denomination, another Mennonite denomination. So I get to Ro- I get to EMU. I developed a set of friends, and a whole bunch of them had been to Rosedale. Like, what's Rosedale? And and then oh and there's a mission board. And you ought to think about they have bun- they do they use a bunch of nurses in Central America. You ought to think about that. Would I fit? Not sure. Uh, it seemed, it, they seemed they seem they seem a little conservative to me. Wasn't sure about that? Wasn't sure that I was gonna go there. And as a female, I thought I had a little more freedom than I thought I might, but I was called. So what do I do with that? So I went to the rep who was there. Um, I don't know if any of his relatives teach here. David I Miller. <laughs> they all know him clearly, but actually Jim and I stopped to see he and his wife yesterday to thank him for his role in my vocation in life. Um, so I went to went to talk to him, and I just a couple times I'd go back and say, "I'm not sure I'm going to fit," and he said, "Well, you know, might always well work that way." And and finally he said, "Anne, look." And he, I think he understood me, and he, God used him. He said, "Anne, the waters of the Jordan River did not, did not part until the priest walked out into the water. And somehow God used that to say, that's it. I have to go forward. No, the answer, the questions are not answered. I don't know if I'm going to fit with Rosedale. I don't know if I can go and do what I, I think I'm called to do, but that's I have to move forward. And, that, and so somebody I'd never met before um, was used in my life. And that can happen to you. Life circumstances also, I think, can, can shape us. Um, we, Jim and I thought um, that, that we would probably spend much of our life over internationally in service and missions. And then we, uh, bec- because I'm adopted and we wanted to adopt, we adopted a child with special needs. A had a child by birth and then a child by adoption and then later another child by birth. Because of special needs, we ended up needing to be around uh, education that, that fit her needs. So that kind of ended uh, our time living at point internationally. And so what that shifted me to was a focus on working with people of your age in, in vocation. And it also shaped me to to say, but I still want to be connected. How can that be? And that's how I got involved in board boards for Mennonite Central Committee. So it happens in different ways. But he, now, now, what do you need to be ready to do to, work in, to, to do this discernment? So Let me give you six things, six ideas. First of all, put yourself in a willing and submissive posture. You've got to be willing to sacrifice, as the, as the song says. Sometimes this seems a little, uh, when I look back, this seems a little uh, odd, uh, but I remember that it also was very, very important at, my, at that age, and it's very important for you. So remember what I said about not being sure I'd fit with Rosedale. So I knew I was going to go. I knew that I was called. I'm sitting on, there's a big hill behind EMU. I'm sitting up there praying about this and what I'm willing to do, and I knew that that meant that I would be single all my life because there's no way I would marry one of those guys with Rosedale. So I was committing myself not only to leave the country, learn a new language, and be, but I was going to be single all my life. But that's what God called me to do. So I was going to do that. And then, And then I opened my Bible for some confirmation from God, which I didn't usually do and I don't necessarily recommend. Like, show me a verse. And it was a verse in Ecclesiastes. How can one stay warm alone, but you need two under a blanket? <laughs> I was like, God, really? I just promised to be single all my life, and you give me this first. that makes sense. But I was trying to be submissive. I struggled with this again the second time, more about the single part later. Um, struggled this with a second time. So, so I did find somebody to marry and we married and after at, the, at the end of Rosedale at the end of those three years, and we were in, back in Hunt, Harrisonburg, I was starting to teach and the call came from MCC to go to El Salvador and then Nicaragua. Um, and I didn't want to go. and it didn't have anything to do with a child with special needs. We didn't have children. It had to do because I was starting a faculty position. I was gaining power, I was liking what I was doing, and I knew in my heart I was gaining too much power too quickly and that I needed to go and I didn't want to. And my dear husband Jim said, we have to go, we have to go. Again, I had to come back and be submissive to that call. For me, sometimes I've had to learn to be willing to lead publicly. And to accept positions, which which, when I'm not when I'm not in a public position, I can I'm very independent and I like to do my own thing and I don't like to have my schedule managed by somebody else or or, or be very public. But I've had to learn to be submissive to to certain requirements and and of of being in leadership publicly. And I'd really like more time right now to putter in my yard and play with my grandchildren. Um, but I did understand through the call to the current position that my experience and my gifts uh, brought what was needed at that time. Second, I would just say be present. This is this is mostly just to you. Just be present right now. Vocation isn't for later. What you do, how you will live out your vocation is not later. It's now. It's what you pay attention to, who you listen to, what you get involved with. Not that you can get involved in lots of things off campus right now, it's how you, how, but how you learn about the world. Second, and third, you need to be willing to live upstream and be different. It's lonely, and you can doubt yourself. People said, what? You're not going to get, you're not going to work in nursing in the US before you leave the country? You're going to lose everything you ever learned that's a waste of that's a waste of, of talent and you'll you'll mess up your career forever another another going upstream so I felt kind of lonely in that when Jim and I returned to MCC uh, with it in the 80s there were we had an eight month old then and we were told by friends we admire you so much for going and doing this but we feel like we need to stay here and raise our children first and then and then maybe we can serve um seemed to be an implication by that we were hurting our children. And a a physician who moved from rural Minnesota to Washington, D.C., David Hilficker, he wrote one time, he had more fears for the spiritual health of his children in the suburbs of Minneapolis than he had had in the inner city of Washington, D.C., where they saw the effect of drugs and alcohol and violence all around them. Some of you may feel called to something, but you're... But you're sort of, you're told, but may maybe called to something like going home to a family business, and you're told, but you have all these gifts. Don't throw those away. Going back in your home community, but if you feel that call, if that's where you're called to be, then you'll have to to, to uh, accept being lonely, perhaps, and you have to uh, go against uh, if. Uh, in, in a, if you move into a profession, there's a very certain culture around that. And you sometimes have to go around go against that profession. So at one point, I was in an interview for a Fulbright scholarship. I wanted a scholarship to go to Nicaragua to do my dissertation, which was on international health and uh, and how just how agencies, nonprofit agencies, work in international health. And I was in this interview. And one of the professors, I think he was from astronomy, finally said, It seems like you want your research to help somebody. And I realized I'd been giving the wrong answer, because at a place like the University of Virginia, it's knowledge for knowledge's sake, not the application necessarily. So I was different again, and I didn't get that Fulbright scholarship. Fourth, got to be ready to shift gears um, and, and hear a new call. So I assumed I'd always do hands-on nursing care, delivering babies, suturing, oh, thousands of stool exams to look for, parasite eggs, um, all kinds of fun stuff. I have stories. But and but then we needed to set up clinics, and we needed to set up systems to help whole communities. And so then I had to back off and train others, let others do that job. And the same thing happened again at EMU. I couldn't do public health. I had to let the students do it, and then One of my former students came to me and said, I want your job, Anne. And so I had to back away from teaching uh, what I was teaching and move to teaching something else, because she was good and she needed to be. So you're just always always sort of having to shift, say, now what, God? Now what, God? And then when the call came to move into not board work, but staff work for MCC, it was like, ah, am I giving up my nursing? And I realized, no. Relief and Development Mennonite Central Committee, Relief and Development and Peace. It's a it's a ministry of Anabaptist agencies. Okay, that's health. Relief, development, peace, that's health. That's how God is is doing this now. Now, another another thing you got to be ready to do is laugh at yourself. And God's sense of humor. I told you about the God's sense of humor on the hill. So I get to Nicaragua and I meet this guy, And in, in, in and it made sense. We of course we didn't talk about our relationship for a long time because we were working together and we weren't allowed to date so you couldn't you know it was get really complicated and, and the work was really important. Anyway, we did decide to get married. The irony was when Jim came to Rosedale, his parents from even a more conservative setting thought he might be losing his faith by coming to a liberal place like Rosedale. So so I come from here, and he comes from here, and I feel like in the 40, almost 42 years now that we've been married, God has used that to help us bridge, bridge a spectrum. And particularly in my role at Mennonite Central Committee, where we have every group, but the, from the most liberal Mennonites, Anabaptists, to Amish, to... To the whole the whole range of people are involved. Suddenly, it's like, oh, that's why God did that. That's an amazing it's an amazing irony. By the way, if any of you at all are interested, it doesn't sound interesting, but but the Great Lakes board the Great Lakes M- Mennonite Central Committee board has space for students from all Mennonite colleges. And so they always have a space for somebody from Rosedale, but it needs to be somebody that's willing to give two years so you'd have, have to get somebody who's in their first year. And um, Jeremy, maybe I can talk to you about that or Phil or somebody because we, I'd really like to see somebody from RBC on that board. It's, uh, you, it's three times a year and you sit and learn a lot. And I will tell you, at the last meeting I sat in on them, it was the college student that brought the most wisdom to that, to a particular conversation. Really. He got it when others didn't. Oh, remember the Fulbright scholarship that I didn't get? So one of the ironies was that um, I don't, and this isn't God's sense of humor at all. This is part of my privilege, part of how things worked out. I I did get back to Nicaragua to do my dissertation, but it was because Hurricane Mitch happened um, 20 some years ago. And Jim, my husband, was asked to be the disaster to run the disaster response for a central committee. And I could go along with the children and do my dissertation. Very interesting. Many times I've made mistakes. I didn't follow the call. Um, I've wondered all along if requests or I've had earlier to move into leadership roles uh, that I said no because I was selfish as opposed to following God's call. I'm not sure I'll ever know. Um, in my call to work at healthcare, sometimes we use our power uh, for good, and sometimes our power can provide uh, harm. In Nicaragua, parents carried a 12-year-old girl down the mountains to the clinic. It was the clinic where Jim was, was, was working. We discovered she was in critical condition due to anemia because cookworm in her intestine had sucked so much of her blood, she was critically ill. When she needed a blood transfusion, she needed an IV, and we wanted to get her two hours away to the hospital. The bus driver took one look at her. There was no, we had no vehicle but the bus. Bus took a look at her and said, she's going to die, I won't take her. And I used our, our North American white power to say, you got to take her, you got to take her. She needs this. He knew she was dying. He knew he couldn't make it. And he just kind of stalled, and she died in the bus before they left. And then I realized, oh, there are a lot of things that I don't know, and I used my power wrongly. This is my part, just pieces of my story. I encourage you to take risks. The God who made you and loves you and keeps you, he will will take care of you. He will follow. Following this call is much more important than your worries about your safety. I would say explore many avenues to discover your interests and your gifts. Take time. Take, because of, our, uh, of many of us in a position of privilege, you have some time to be, to be able, rather than having to, to support a family, you can take some time in service. Uh, a REACH assignment through RI or MCC, let me invite you to a one-year SALT assignment, which is for, one, uh, for young adults, uh, 18 to 30. Um, and later this summer, you'll see if you look at the Mennonite Central Committee website, you'll see um, a new program which is a pilot called Seek. It's a discipleship program that will be in the Middle East, in uh, Palestine, Israel. It will consist of uh, folks from North America, young people from North America as well as, as, well as from Palestine, and it's a, it'll it'll also include Jordan. And so I look, I suggest that you take a look at that if 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 that's a call for you, also if any of you guys are interested in getting a CDL, we desperately need two canners. Have you ever heard of men of meat canning? Anybody? It's the only portable meat canner in the world. Period. And this canned meat goes all over the world and uh, and is and saves lives. But we need guys. To commit two years because it's pretty complicated to learn how to run the canter, and we need them this fall. So if anybody's looking for something to do next this fall, um, please apply. Act where you are. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to be alone and know that you're not really alone. Learn from those around you. Let me close with a prayer that I pray every morning. From um, that's from. Thomas Aquinas, it helps helps center me, and then I'll add prayer for you. Grant, O merciful God, that I may ardently desire, carefully examine, truly know, and perfectly fulfill those things that are pleasing to you to the praise and honor of your holy name. Direct my course, O God, that I may do what you require me to do. Show me the way and grant that I may follow as is necessary and profitable to my soul. Grant to me, O Lord my God, that I may not be found wanting nor in prosperity, that I may not be lifted up by one nor cast down by the other. May I find joy in nothing but what leads to you, sorrow in nothing but what leads away from you. May I seek to please no one nor fear to displease any. May I fear only you. I despise all transitory things O Lord and treasure all things that are eternal. Let me find pleasure in all toil that is for you and weariness in all rest where you are not. God, I thank you for this place that nurtures so many people over has has nurtured so many people over the years and I pray for each of the persons in this room today that you would show them how they are made and loved and kept by you that you would Lead them on in confidence to where you want them to be, to how they can serve you. Bless them as they travel, as they move out from here for a break, and keep them safe. I pray for other their families and others that they will come into contact with um, as, they, as some, of, some of them may be touring. Pray that you would keep people safe and that your, your, your message could get through to others. Thank you for this day and for who you are. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please share so others can benefit from it as well. And check out our other podcast series from our website at rosedale.edu slash podcasts. God bless you and have a good day.